2: ep mirroring an indefinite depiction that's out on june 30th via restricted airspace records in north america and the coming strife in uk in europe it's a five-track ep of metallic hardcore like you just heard out of western canada vancouver the home of i don't know i don't know what's in vancouver the memphis grizzlies used to be in vancouver Brian Big Country Reeves, Sharif Abdur Rahim, Greg Anthony played there for a little bit, you know, just uh, just a little Grizzlies history. Anyway, this is a brand new band to me, and I'm excited to check them out. Restricted Airspace has been hitting my inbox, sending me the tracks of what they got going on, and I'm liking what they're doing. Uh, seems like a new label to me. Maybe I'm out of touch, but uh, this is two episodes in a row. You've heard restricted airspace tracks. The last one was from Florida's Fixed View. This one from Vancouver's Incision. Uh, I like what I heard here, especially on this one that more metallic style of hardcore, which you know. I love and uh, I'm looking forward to listening to the rest of this EP mirroring an indefinite depiction June 30th. That's this Friday, my daughter's birthday. Uh, You can pick it up and they can send me as many as they want. My inbox is waiting. It'll be available digitally, of course, as well as on CD and cassettes of the EP. There's a record release show featuring Boise's Witness Chamber and uh, Bay Area's Natural Human Instinct on July 7th. Uh, You can find all that information somewhere on the internet. I don't have it all here for you, but I trust that you'll figure it all out if you want to. Again, incision, weathered frame for mirroring an indefinite depiction all right on this episode of the podcast i've got a conversation with steven muir and jacob lee both of them are in elder devil they're a fresno california based we'll call it grindcore act and they've got a new album called everything worth loving it's out now on prosthetic records and we're gonna cover all the bases but first it's hot zone Check it. By any chance, have you yourself heard the story about this little submarine that imploded while exploring the Titanic? It was called the Titan, which seems like an ironic name. Um, I've heard a little bit about it. I've heard more than I could ever imagine would be necessary to hear about a uh, small tragedy, all things considered. I don't have feelings about it, but what I'm curious about. Is why everybody else does. Why are we all weighing in on what happened with this little submarine exploring the Titanic? Like, <laughs> why? I, I I just don't. I don't know why we're all commenting. Like, what do we? What do we use the internet for? What do we? Why do we do this? Why do we use internet and social media as a place to like put our foot down on? What some people we didn't know were doing with their money. What would you be doing if you were a millionaire? Uh, anything cool? I don't know. I, like, I, I don't know what I'd be doing. I'd like to think I'd be doing the same old shit, but uh, probably not. I'd probably do some weird shit every now and then. Some cool things. Some exploring, even though I'm not very adventurous. And uh, it would suck for me if my adventure ended in an implosion I don't know why it would have to be a worldwide story where everybody talks about it. Um, I understand the people that are like, well, why are we worry so much about these people when there's, uh, you know, migrants that capsize in their dinghies and we just sweep them under the rug. I understand. I understand. I'm just saying, why are we all talk Like, do we always need to discuss everything? Do we need to go over how we feel about all the things that have happened I don't think so that's I guess that's maybe I'm uh heartless in that way maybe I uh don't communicate enough but I just man I don't have a feeling about this but I feel like I'm forced to and uh the contrarian in me just wants to go against whoever I'm talking about talking to I should say if you think they shouldn't have been down there I think they had every right to be down there if you think they had every right to be down there and it's a shame what happened to them I say what happened to these migrants It's just kind of where I'm at. It's kind of where you're all at, too, it seems. I don't see anybody with a big stance on this, a big reason to believe and say the things they're doing. Like, why? And here I am spending my time saying things here. Do I need something to talk about? Yeah, I kind of do. All right. I don't really want to report to you on um, this disappointing uh, Sixers lack of movement, I should say. Nothing's happening. Can we please trade Tobias Harris, James Harden, make up your mind. So if nothing's happened with the Sixers, I got nothing to tell you at the beginning of the podcast. So we're going to go into this Russian sub. It's not even Russian. What if it was Russian? Maybe the problem was that they were Russian, not uh, from the country, just moving too fast, skipped some steps. I like how we talk about how it's built. Like we know what we're fucking talking about. Yeah, I know a controller they should have been using for it. I know on uh, on Instagram or Facebook how this thing should have been done. Now's not the time to discuss those such things. I don't know. I'm just very confused by the by the Titan expo- implosion. implosion. What does implosion mean? I saw somebody, a friend of mine, who's not an expert in any subject, well, maybe in some subjects, but not this one, uh, describe that they were flattened in the whole thing, flattened into the size of a pancake. I'm not saying that's not what happened. I'm just saying, how the fuck is that what happened? Not physically. I don't care. I don't care like the the science behind how things happen. Uh, The truth doesn't really matter to me in this. I just want to see it. Okay. I just want to see the little pancake. Can we do, did they show that to us yet? It would help if I'd watch the news. I'm getting all of my news third hand from my moron friends on the internet. Maybe that's the big problem is who I associate with. Maybe it's this is really a time for me to do some self-reflection and who is in my circle and who I listen to or not necessarily listen to who I hear. That's more what it is. I hear a lot of people. I see, I read a lot of opinions and I disagree with every single one of them. Which one do I think is right? I don't know. It depends. The opposite of whatever someone's saying to me. You get it. That's, that's kind of the point. My favorite thing is when people go... This is just distracting you from the real news, which is a funny concept that like we can only handle one piece of news at a time. I've always loved that. Like a, a newspaper isn't printed with several articles on the front page. If you know, like, <laughs> like you can do one piece of news and then go to the next piece of news. It's not distraction. On the other hand, what is a distraction is this whole rant that I've been on. I don't know anything about this. I don't care. It's just me biding my time, getting stalling is the word for it, stalling. Before I get into the introduction of this episode of the podcast, this interview I have with Stephen Muir and Jacob Lee of Elder Devil. Did I already say they're based out of Fresno, California? We touch on that a little bit while talking about forest fires and I tell them that their first one ever happened and they're surprised to hear that. But we also mostly talk about their new album, Everything Worth Loving and the music that they're making and where they're going and how they're going to do it and where they're going to play and what's ahead for them in 2023 after the successful release of their sophomore LP and their debut for Prosthetic Records. So rather than me distract and stall any further about something I know nothing about, I'm going to have two experts talk about something they exclusively have insight on and that's elder devil but first you're gonna have to listen to a track from elder devil this song is off of everything worth loving it's called my body is an earthen shrine check it out
3: black and hardcore, uh, band out of Fresno. And, um, this is our first release for prosthetic records and, uh, been together since, you know, I think we started as a, as a two piece, me and Jacob, um, studio band in 2016. And, and since then I've filled out with, with members and yeah, just now it now a full, now a full band and pretty excited for this release.
0: Yeah. We did everything pretty, I mean, with the help of some, Really cool smaller labels up until now. Uh pretty low-key DIY, like mm. for fun. And yeah. then prosthetic, when they reached out to work on work with us on this album, they kind of just like boosted us into new new ears and eyes that kind of like, you know, mm. I don't think we were that spread out beforehand. So it's kind of like a sudden,
2: yeah. sudden thing for a lot of people.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's certainly. True. I mean, obviously that's kind of, that was kind of my point. It, I didn't know who you were until you started working with prosthetic, not, to, not to any part of your own, but you know, I'm pretty, pretty up to speed on what's going on out there, but there's so much shit. It's hard. It's yeah. easy to miss. I've been aware of you for probably at least a, at least a month now. I've gone back and listened to all the other stuff too. Why did you start the band as a studio project originally?
3: You know, I was living. Yeah. I was, Jacob, you want to take this or you want me to take it? Uh, yeah.
0: I think it's Stephen just had like a craving. <laughs> Just, yeah. to, just wanted to make like a, a grind project and stuff, uh, because we've known each other for a long time. And I uh, always had uh studio projects that was just kind of my thing. I had all the gear, and uh, there's bagel, there's bagel, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I always had that stuff like ready to go. And I was just, I was down, you know, see what happens by mm. like, making that kind of music and it kind of just uh. I don't know if it, it, it felt good. It felt right. <laughs> writing those kinds of songs. Yeah. And,
3: and, yeah. Uh, it's just, it was mostly like necessity, right? Like I was in a different city and Jacobson, a different yeah. city and and I wanted to start a band and I was kind of, we were kind of between bands or my other band was kind of winding down. And, um, and, you know, Jacob is so amazing at just being able to like make music. <laughs> and that's why we've been so DIY focused is because we really haven't had a reason to go outside that because Jacob records and, and everything. And so, yeah, it was, it started really humble and just sort of two guys <laughs> seeing if we could turn this into a band. And then when it turned into a full, full band, we reached out to friends, right? People mm-hmm. we have been in bands so with before, people we, we knew. Um, and that's sort of what filled out elder devil into into the kind of current current form that it's in right now
2: it was was uh grind core or whatever is that the term we're used for elder devil was that the yeah. is that the decided direction going in
3: definitely grindy yeah and i think that there's debate to be had about you know, I I would probably argue we're more like kind of especially with, with most of these songs, there's grindy portions of it. But to me, it seems more like black and hardcore mm-hmm. because Jacob is so influenced by black metal. And I think a lot of that makes its way into the riffs. Um, but we have definitely like grindy songs or songs you would call grindcore. So we're, we're fine with <laughs> with either of it, uh, either kind of designation. Um, but I think from the beginning, we knew that that's the direction it Wanted to go in something at least in that sort of realm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I've, I think as we were starting, maybe, I think it was around that time, my, uh, Doom, like my sludge band, uh, Keeper was kind of like winding down. So, and then like my other band, Hellish Form, was starting like shortly after that. That I feel like it's, it could be said it's like a, black and sludges guitarists (laughs) take on grindcore but also steven when he approached me he was like i want to do like crap them kind of hardcore you know Mm -hmm. and so i was like okay that's fine but what if also this and went from there and added kind of my own flourishes to it just yeah like he said the, the black and hardcore stuff
3: It very much was not a this is like we're only this type of band and this is the only type of riff we can do or this is the only kind of direction we could go in. It was very much like Jacob bringing his own influences as anybody does to a band Mm -hmm. and sort of iterating upon that and seeing the directions in which it goes. And so if you listen to certain releases, they're really grindy and like really sludgy and other releases are, are much, you know, I would say kind of. Hue closer to like hardcore and everything. And so it's, it's all depending on kind of where Jacob's at in the writing process and how he's feeling and what we, what we make out of that. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, and I, I feel like you can hear all those things on the new LP, which I I, I would imagine is intentional. Um, but you, you did, you have released quite a few records. I don't know. Are they all like physical releases too? the, these, the EPs you did?
3: Uh, uh, yeah. Everything by is, now, right? right. Yeah. 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 Some yeah, obviously some sold out now, but yeah, the, all of them have been either tape, CD. Uh, mm-hmm. Our last LP was was vinyl through Roman Numeral, and so yeah, everything's been has been physical. We always try we try to put out at least some sort of physical release for for everything.
2: Good. Why well, I saw I saw a lot of them were uh, was it Plastic Skull Records? Mm-hmm. I
0: think that was the last one, just because we wanted to quickly put it out, and that's just me, basically, okay. like a okay. uh, another in house thing, and. Um, yeah, we wanted to like, you know, get that out. That was the one after. Uh, it wasn't immediately yeah, pandemic, but it was like in the middle of pandemic. We're like, okay, we're gonna get ready for this
2: album cycle, but let's do an EP really quick. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was yeah. just a time thing mostly. What well, where did you both come from as far as your musical interests, like your backgrounds? Because I don't know, we I feel like uh, a a sound that you're playing in Elder Devil isn't like isn't like something that you just start getting into let's what do I say? It's not like an entry level extreme music genre. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. so like we get in like through punk or hardcore or, or metal and then we get a mm-hmm. little deeper and it feels like yeah. elder devils a little deeper. So where do you guys come from? Do you come from the same place or is it different entry points? I
3: think definitely different entry points personally, like how I got into heavy music, like this side of heavy music is literally, uh, first hardcore album was like you come before you from poison the well and i think still vocally i i kind of i really take a lot of inspiration from poison the well um i've always loved his his vocals and then like thrice and then from there when i really started getting into heavy music like first grind i was really into was like pig destroyer and Mm -hmm. i still really like pig destroyer um but i i think back to like phantom limb of course, like you know, Prowler in the R terrifier and everything, but I was really, really into those albums and really into that kind of that side of grind. Yeah. Um, and then of course Entrap Them came along. I really like them because they kind of blended genres really well. So yeah, that's kind of my entry point. Um, and that's what I that's what I really was kind of drawn to. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's that's kind of my side of it.
0: I think so, I uh, uh what did I? I kind of worked my way in and then backwards, because like when I started high school, I was listening to like, just punk, Dead Kennedy's and then like grunge and stuff like that. And then Mm -hmm. I started hearing about these local shows in town. And then I went, I went to check one out and it was all like, it was early 2000s, like solid state records style metal. And, um, but then there was a couple of other bands from the town, but Fresno uh, that were Deathcore melodic death metal-ish mm-hmm. that I was like, what is this stuff? And I it <laughs> blew my mind. I've never seen anyone doing like harsh vocals before, especially in like an intimate venue space like that. So that that's I knew I needed to find stuff more like that. So I was like mm-hmm. scouring MySpace and because they had the free yeah. download button and everything for a couple of songs. So I was just like scraping it for. Everything and ended up finding like weird cyber grind, all this weird stuff that was on MySpace. So yeah. I was like, I don't care what it is, as long as it has screamy vocals. And so I was listening to all kinds of weird stuff and uh, kind of found some heavy stuff. I then got, went into this like the scene, stingy, uh, screamo, metalcore <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. And then was like, oh, and actually, you know what's really cool is like really dark like black metal and sludge and grind and like that sort of stuff. So I I finally like found that in my adult life and stayed with it since then. So uh, it was a cool journey, but also just like finding people that are down to make projects like that. And mm-hmm. uh, at least studio wise, so I could kind of hone my songwriting from home and uh, I guess it's kind of right, right forever, you know, and like work on writing. And then when we got this full, the full band together, we're actually starting to play shows more often. And,
4: uh,
2: yeah. Well, you mentioned like part of the reason for bringing the full, getting the full band together, at least the way I interpreted what you said was that part of the reason for doing that was when uh, prosthetic reached out about doing this record. Is that how that all happened? Prosthetic reached out to you. They found you.
3: It was, so it was a little before we had, we had filled out the band, I would say by Jacob, correct me if I'm wrong, like early 2019, uh, yeah, around there we had played, I think played our first show in 2019 first full length. No. So yeah, we were, we had played some shows before in 2019 before prosthetic reached out. And that was for like a Jacob said, the, the kind of previous full length and we, I had moved back by that time and we kind of knew that we wanted to take it in that direction. And I don't know, to me, it was, it was not so much, I don't think this band is, this band has never been like we're trying to get signed and we're trying to like do all this. We're just, it was very like, like I said, organic and we wanted to start a band and, uh, and we were just excited. I was really just excited to play this stuff live. That's what I wanted to do. I missed, I missed playing live and I missed being in a band that played live. And so when we filled out the members, started playing live and eventually uh it kind of developed where prosthetic was like following us on Instagram I think it was and uh it just kind of went from there it was very unexpected and just sort of like you know what do you make of this right like it's it's yeah. a little bit a little bit overwhelming to be honest for me at least
2: I always I, I say it all the time about prosthetic I talk to a fair amount of prosthetic bands but I love the the diversity of the bands in the mm-hmm. label. Because that's mm-hmm. the way I listen to music. Most of it's heavy, right? That's yeah. Most of it's heavy, but to some degree. But it could be fucking something grindy. It could be something doomy. Uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, each ends mm-hmm. of the spectrum. And I appreciate that they they do that and are always seeming to be willing to work with bands that not a lot of people know about. It's like you know, a lot of labels they sign bands like, well, oh, I know that fucking band. I know that, but you know, but it's yeah. but it always seems like Prosthetic gets in with a band I'm not familiar with, like like yourselves. And that's why I get kind of excited to check out everything they do. Um, this album that you just did for them, everything worth loving, just came out officially. I guess just a couple of days ago, right? Yeah, Friday, last yeah. Friday. Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. Okay, see, I get a little fucked up on release dates because because I get them early. You, yeah, know? you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like so, I like like I have it in my notes somewhere, but uh, yeah. Okay, so so it's officially been out there for just a few days. Uh, how's the feedback been thus far?
0: It's been cool. Uh, like it's cool to see because we got like all the inside like the apps and everything that show stats and streams and everything. And like that was just got, you know, huge boosts and every mm-hmm. stuff. And like it seems like there's repeat listens. Like I'm always checking and there's people like, actively listening. And that's awesome. That's all I want. Like that's that's really cool. And uh, yeah, people were like kind of pinpointing certain songs, certain riffs and everything that, that really stand out to them. And I just really enjoy hearing that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, I don't know everyone to yeah. talk to. We're excited to go. Uh, we're, we're playing like a string of shows early next month. And we're excited to see like uh, you know, that response in person mm-hmm. yeah, playing, yeah. You know, playing to like new audiences. Cause I mean, when we play in Fres- Fresno, Predominantly because it's we're it's in our hometown. uh Those responses are always cool too, but it's mm-hmm. like a lot of people we they know per us, us personally, so it'll be kind of getting getting like a objective. Response yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Time, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's been I don't know. It's it's. being like on a label and having that much the album, getting that much more reach than we're used to, you know, we've had previous releases that have gotten good, you know, physical releases and, and good good promotion through that. But it's just, of course, like another step up with prosthetic and to, I don't know, for us as a band, we're very much a band that doesn't like sit still very long. Um, you know, we're already working on another smaller release and then we're going to start working on LP three and, It's sort of taking like I'm, you know, reading reviews and just kind of taking like feedback where I think it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's like, I think that's legitimate, right? Um, Okay, we did this really well, but also like how can we improve on our sound and how can we kind of develop the sound moving forward? Because I don't think any of us want to make the same album, the same EP, the same whatever over and over and over again. Like that's our sound and that's all we kind of, that's all we really do. So it's been really great to get it out there. And we just literally want people to listen to it. And if they enjoy it, right, come see us live. If they're able to buy the album, um, et cetera. But we're just, we just want more people to listen to it. And that's what we've gotten with Prosthetic and it feels really good.
2: Yeah. I think one of the things I pretty much always ask people who just put out or releasing a new record is what, what's most exciting to them about the release of whatever set record it Mm -hmm. is. Uh, It sounds like you kind of just answered that yourself there Steven um is there but I mean is there anything else like with just the I know for me when I've put out records uh the big thing to me was just having it in my hand I don't care how many times Mm -hmm. you know it was just like oh that's the fucking coolest part um so for you guys what's what's the what's the most I don't know satisfying or satisfying or exciting part about releasing a new record
0: um I I kind of have a weird habit where uh Since I kind of am with the songs from creation, right? I I wrote like writing the riff at this bare barest form, putting it together with the band, and then recording it and mixing it is can be pretty like exhausting. Yeah. So, and then and then finally when we ship it out, we send it out to whoever's putting it out. That's when I feel like I'm done because it's out of my hands, and then I usually ignore them for like. Ever until the official release, so like for this album, since like uh, it was getting put on vinyl, and vinyl takes a long time, mm-hmm. it was almost like a year. I I spent yes. like neglecting these children of mine, like uh, <laughs> not listening to it, and it's like I'm trying to almost trying to forget like what this album sounds like, and then because f- I was like, oh man, this is like it was a really it was a high pressure album, you know. <laughs> And finally, when it was like getting close to release day, I listened to it because I had the official the CV copy. And I put that on my computer, had all the album art, the track data and everything on there, all nice and neat and printed out. And I listened to it. and I was like, oh, okay, it's done. Like I actually (laughs) felt it felt like a closure. And I was actually able to revisit it with um fresh ears and fresh every uh, fresh Mm -hmm. perspective and i was like okay this is cool like i think we did a pretty good job so i I, without like that anxiety so that's just that it's uh it's being able to listen to it like just on my phone just as like a casual listener without mixer ears Mm -hmm. and just know that it's done and that other people are listening to it too Yeah.
2: Yeah. I like that. Um, and I thought where I thought you were going to go with it is that, cause I've, I've heard people say similar things is that, uh, you get to be done with it. Like, yeah, it, you know, in a way yeah, it's like, yeah, I, it's I, I fucking, it. yeah, it's,
3: yeah. I can I move on so, now.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's so funny too. Cause like people are, you know, we had like a little listening party at a local record store last week and, and people are like so stoked for it and everything. And I think that a lot of us. We're, we love playing it live and stuff, but it, it just is such a different relationship with the album, right, than people who are just getting it. Just because Jacob said, like, we finished the tracks last summer, right? And because vinyl right. and production and press, all that takes, like, all this time that we're not used to putting in between, you know, the finishing of the tracks and then the printing of the, the album. Uh, we've just been with it so long. And so <laughs> it feels like a bit of a relief to get it out. And now we can play it live and people can, can hear it and everything. Um, but it's definitely not you know, it's definitely not something we're just gonna like rest on for forever. It's like we love writing music, and and so yeah, it's, it feels like a relief. It feels like a bit of a relief.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's usually hard for me to like, like move on. Like, like you actually, what you were saying when I am releasing something, I usually can't even think about the next thing until that's released. Right. But for this, since we had like a lot of extra time, I had to like kind of tweak my. Uh, you know, just my automatic thinking, and we did end up working on like a couple things in the meantime. So that actually kind of like helped the process and yeah. it helped the weight and stuff. And um, and I don't know, yeah, kind of it did make it easier. So I feel like that's when we learned too. We we're like, you know, we could just keep doing this. We can uh, make small things in between the big things. And like have it timed out perfectly to yeah. where it feels consistent and for us and for like anyone following us. Yeah. To where there's no, no dead
2: air as much as little as we can, you know, do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the jump. I mean, we talked a lot about the jump to a, uh, to prosthetic from a lot of self release or just smaller stuff. Did, was there any like, um, I, I guess, I mean, I, I assume it has this arranging a variety of effects on the way the band operates. Was there anything that was, that you found more uh, challenging while working with the label?
3: I think just the wait time was the big, big thing for us was, was adjusting to that wait time. Um, and then also there's, there's, of course, like stipulations, which rightfully so, like you're on a label and they have this whole release schedule, but you right. know, you don't want to release, cause so we put an EP out right in December, like, like last day of December 22. Um, but it's, that was kind of like, that was the last kind of window we could release that EP because they didn't want it to interfere with like press and everything. So sure. that was kind of, that was kind of new to us. And now that like Jacob was saying, now that we kind of understand that schedule, we know how to kind of like space that out. And so it doesn't interfere. And so we actually do um, get consistent releases out there and very little dead air. Uh, so that was that for me was a little bit like, oh, so like the tracks are in, but it's going to be a year until yeah. until we actually see the the copies. So that was that was quite a That was quite an adjustment.
0: For me, it's the. Uh, we're hanging out. We're at band practice. We're just having a good time. But then. We need to stop that and take a p- band photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the uh, the the press, the PR, and like the business, the marketing you, side it. of it is yeah. like so difficult yeah. for me to get my hand on. Like, <laughs> and even like, um, you know, like okay, we have a scheduled Zoom call like on this day with this person. Does that work mm-hmm. for everyone involved? And it's like, uh, 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 where are you on this day? Where can you do this? Yeah, and, yeah. Like, that's, it's totally a it's that's a lot. It's a lot that new. I. Did not really expect, and uh yeah. you know like kind of it's the cool- it's the cool perks, but you're also like, whoa, I'm just used to playing guitar and uh <laughs> <laughs> um, and even and even this it's like you know it's not it's not like we're on the today show or with like you know touring every day, yeah. so it's like it's even even this little little bump up with prosthetic is like,,
4: mm-hmm.
0: damn, we're doing
3: a lot, man, like this is yeah this is nuts. <laughs> that business yeah, I- side was definitely different. Yeah. It's, it's definitely weird. It's, it's definitely weird. And it was, I think we're both kind of like we took some adjusting to get used to that just because it's like, we like making music. We like playing live. Um, but we're not, we've never, I don't think either any of us have been crazy about you know, We've even small interviews here and there, but having like consistent interviews where you're talking about the, themes of the album and all that stuff. Uh, maybe something that we would do once if ever, ever in a release cycle. Now all of a sudden we're doing it multiple times. And so it's it's been it's definitely been an adjustment. But you know, this kind of comes with the territory and there's certainly no no reason to complain. We're very thankful, very thankful for the exposure. Yeah,
0: I mean it's it's awesome to be working with people pretty almost face to face, like right as close as you right. can get yeah. with yeah. um, you know, just that is literally there to help get our music out into more people so like you know that's fucking rad yeah
2: yeah no it, it is cool it's cool it's it's I, I appreciate seeing seeing it work for bands too um hearing it he, just hearing that you guys are doing a lot of uh press interviews and having to say i'm sure he's getting annoying having to say the same shit over and over but i'm gonna have you do that right now because you just, mentioned, you just mentioned the the uh, like theme of the record or concept or anything. And that's, you know, that's a pretty standard question that people like me like to ask, is there a theme, a concept to the songs collectively on everything worth loving?
3: Yeah, it's, it's about, I'd say if there's one theme that kind of binds together all the songs, uh, it's like kind of inevitability of loss, like, you know, impermanence and all these, all these types of themes um, that, that I was, things that I was working through personally uh, with both family life and then also like living through very difficult times, like with the pandemic, and then during the writing cycle, also like in California uh, and and New York, of course, knows this especially too. This the last couple of weeks, but we were just going through multiple months of fires, and we're pretty close to the mountains here. Um, people don't think of Fresno is close to the mountains, but it's you know two hours from Yosemite, an hour and a half from King's Canyon, Sequoia. And it was just burning constantly. These, these forested areas and above some lakes nearby. And so all of that pulled together. Um, That's kind of pulling. That's the, those are the main themes of the, like I said, the inevitability of loss, impermanence, and to sort of that grief that comes with all of these, these different things happening Um, all kind of at the same time. Yeah. It was really, really rough time to go through. (laughs)
2: It's funny, not that you say that, but that you bring up the fires because I was joking about recently on the East Coast. We had a brief yeah. two days two maybe three days where mm-hmm. Canada's smoke was bothering us. And yeah, we made yeah, a fucking yeah. big deal out of it over here. Yeah. And I <laughs> and I was saying to friends of mine, like, I mean, I don't know. We don't we don't have uh wildfires over here typically you know on the east coast is not a not a normal thing i was like i wonder if this is like common californian shit like is yeah. is it is that the
3: like the thick absolutely thick campfire air oh well, yeah. no it was yeah, it was so weird because i was following the coverage and like the new york times and washington post and they're reporting on it Like, it's the first forest fire to ever exist. It fucking is, all right? This It is so (laughs) funny. Because I was like, I was sitting over here going, and I remember this being a complaint of a lot of, like, kind of West Coast people, is that we were going through these summers and these extended wild, which we still do, extended wildfire seasons. And it was just, you know, we would go out, this is like during the early days of the pandemic, you would go outside and try to have, like, a beer with your friends, like, socially distanced, right? But you couldn't do it because it was literally smoke in the air. And so that was getting, I felt like that was getting so little coverage. And then when the, the Canada fires came out of New York, rightfully so, your entire city turned into Blade Runner 2049 or whatever, just the sky completely yellow and and awful. But I remember thinking like, man, we this is what we were going through for like, you know, successive months and and everything. And it's, it's rough. It's rough. We've, yeah, it's been—it's definitely been a tough couple of years, and um, I'm sorry you have to share our pain now. Because oh, <laughs> we don't wish it—we so don't it wish fine. it on anybody. We don't <laughs> wish it on anybody. You know what I mean?
2: I, I was laughing at one of like some headline I saw because this all I read is the headline was just basically it basically said Canada's burning. It's, I forget what it said. Canadian wildfires affecting New York air quality, or something. And like to me, that yeah. was funny. Like, why country is really messing with me right now. You know. Oh yeah,
0: was- <laughs> like definitely. Uh, the victims are like <laughs> <laughs> letting it known who
2: the real victims are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, but but I'm glad I'm glad we could get on that because I'm glad you mentioned it because I have, I've always imagined it's, it's similar out there more yeah. consistently too mm-hmm. and uh and i've got no frame of reference and that's just like most of us here just have no oh, no yeah, experience yeah. or frame of reference so it was something worth complaining about a new thing worth complaining <laughs> about for a couple of days is is all we need you know it's yeah. just yeah <laughs> just need one of those every now and then yeah absolutely so uh tell me about the uh, i guess i gotta i guess i gotta start wrapping up soon so i can go back to work but this year, year you mentioned playing shows. The record just came out. What's the plan for Elder Devil? I'm oh, sorry, Elder Devil going forward for 2023.
0: Yeah, just yeah. going up to Seattle, um, and back like uh, for about a week, about like five that's days yeah. string of shows, going up from uh, where we are now and then back down. That was that's like uh, Santa Rosa,
3: Eugene. Portland. Eugene. No, Eugene, Seattle, Portland, Oakland, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we've got a we've got a show in Stockton coming up that we can't announce yet, but it was with a pretty pretty awesome band, um, yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, little shows here and there, and like just whatever, like um, whatever cool thing pops up, you know, that uh, we want to do, whether we can find time to do. But also just like what we we're saying earlier, writing, you know, like working mm-hmm. on new stuff, just because like. Ultimately, that's like that's the fun thing to do, I think, for all of us. And uh, uh, so we already like we already are well well on our way on one thing. Record three is written, so like that'll be once yeah once um the smoke clears on this album and like everything's a little calm again mm-hmm. to start working on that and repeat. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I just yeah, it's yeah. just exciting. I just like. Writing a song. So, like, I think that's just going to be the process, you know, going yeah. forward.
3: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, so like tour. We have a split coming up. I can't say who with who, but uh, we have split coming up, and then LP three, and we're just sort of moving forward, and we're gonna try to play more shows and get out a bit more than we were the last couple of years, just because of the pandemic. And so it's it's exciting for us, and it's exciting just to sort of now we've got this down, we get to play it live, and then also move forward as a band.
2: Yeah,
0: just see how school? we can
2: play other states. Yeah, tell me about. Playing shows as Elder Devil, where do you guys fit in as far as sound? Being that you like what, what, what type of shows are you playing? Um, I guess that sounds like a real place. Real, uh, yeah, that's what. That, that, that's place. why I ask. Yeah. It. That's why I ask it because I feel like yeah. when I listen to your record, you could fit in a lot of. Dif- you could fit it alongside mm-hmm. a lot of different bands. So is that? Well, I guess the question would be then, what type of shows are you playing, and what type of shows seem to go best for you? Where do you go over best?
0: Oh, man, I feel like uh, from our collective experience, like outside of this band and everything, I feel like the best shows are usually the most like like the smallest, most DIY, like in someone's basement or garage kind of. uh, Like screamo shows like screamo punk, um, hardcore or like that kind of vibe, like really raw not not clean, you know, everyone's everyone's amps are feedbacking like crazy. Yeah, like, that's the kind of stuff I feel like thrives and that like we thrive in. Yeah. But also like, it's, um, like this month is a great example where our release day, we played a heavy power metal thrash show like festival yeah. in festival, town. Yeah. And then this Friday we're playing a deathcore show. So <laughs> yeah. it's like very, yeah, very was... opposite. And then I feel like half half of the dates on the tour, like the different people that we've had connections with, or like we're playing with hardcore bands. We're playing with like, like Oakland I, to me has like a huge just like doom and sludge and black metal <laughs> scene that we're probably gonna be playing with some of those bands. And then power violence, yeah, power violence, screamo, mathcore, and like, yeah. you know, I it's all fucking cool, and it's all stuff that I resonate with it and like influences me and I kind of like uh write some of that stuff and other projects. So it's like I feel like it all it's like interconnected. Like there's, mm-hmm. a, there's the Venn diagram is like it just keeps expanding. Yeah. And we, yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah.
3: yeah oh sorry I didn't mean to cut you off it's like we we don't like we were very much not a band that's like, oh, we're this genre. So we have to play with this genre only. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like our I would say our best show ever played, like we opened for Napalm Death last year and that was at like a normal venue. And that was amazing and got us like a lot of exposure to other some fans that maybe or some people who wouldn't have normally listened to us. Um, but then like Jacob said, like we played like this heavy metal fest and they asked us to play. Right. And so we're like, yeah, we'll play. And it was like really fun. And then we're playing, we got asked by a bunch of deathcore bands to play with them. And it's like, yeah, we'll play. Like we're not, I don't know. We just want to play all, especially I think we enjoy playing for people who normally wouldn't listen to this type of music. Maybe they're into heavy music, but they're not like, Oh, I like grindcore. Oh, I like, you know, the kind of heavier hardcore bands. Like we like playing for them just because they're going to be like, Oh, what's this? And maybe, get turned on to this new style of music that they weren't really um, actively listening to. So we enjoy those, those shows a lot. And we just want to play shows that are fun. That's, that's kind of our, our main driving force here. And yeah.
2: Well, I think it's kind of, I think it's very cool because it also comes full circle to what we were talking about in the beginning about where you come from, where you came in, your entry Mm -hmm. points. It's all, it all kind of, it all kind of goes back to that. where yeah. and then where yeah. it seems you're comfortable with all different playing the different sounds and playing to the crowds and that's I think that's a got to gotta be a total benefit for you mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, absolutely. There you have it that was my conversation with steven and jacob of elder devil the song you just heard was what do you see of course off a new album everything worth loving available now through prosthetic Records, check them out if you're on the West Coast. Sounds like they're doing a little bit of a tour. And check them out. If you live anywhere else in the world, courtesy of the internet, go pick up a copy of the record, a physical copy of the record wherever you buy your records. Prosthetics got that good distribution, so you should be able to find it somewhere near you. I want to thank the fellows for taking time to talk to me on a, I think it was a Tuesday afternoon for me, morning for them. Hell yeah, time zones. Time zones are a funny thing. Sometimes they work in my favor. Sometimes they don't, but they're always weird. Does it make sense? I guess so. What's up with the sun? Up, down, left, right. Which way are you going, man? Hard to keep track. Daylight savings time is wild. Let's keep doing it more often. Uh, Once a month, let's switch this thing up. Let's do some nighttime days. How about that? Just throwing it out there. I want to be a millionaire. I want to do some weird shit. I want nighttime days. I want daytime nights. I want, uh, I just want to flip it backwards, put your thang down, flip it and reverse it as Missy Elliott once uh, profited. Uh, That's what we should be doing anyway. Thanks to them. Thanks to uh, Prosthetic Records. Thanks to you mostly for listening. To getting it out podcast this far into the episode i don't know who sticks around this late but i appreciate it when you do i want to encourage you to go over to gettingitout.net over the weekend We premier premiered an exclusive track from demacles who a friend of mine likes to tell me i say that band name wrong all the time but the band told me i say it right so i am uh confused because i believe you both uh anyway they have a new song called swing pendulum swing out there now they're a post-punk band from norway i love them I've played their songs many times. I've done an episode with their singer, Goran. Uh The new EP is also called, or sorry, LP is called Swing Pendulum Swing. That'll be out in October. But for now, you can go check out the title track at the website. It'll also be available everywhere, streaming on June 30th. But right now, exclusively available at gettingitout.net. More to come on the website this week. I'm figuring out how to do this summer schedule. And it's working in my favor, I think. Anyway that's it for this one i'm going to end you with a track from a band out of greece they are called i believe Temer is how i'm supposed to pronounce it the track is called my sorrows rage uh it's black death metal whatever you want to call the combination you know black and death metal there we go black and death metal that's a new single it's the first it's their second single i should say ever and uh it's, uh, there, it's a strong start for this relatively unknown band. There's a music video for the track, too, mixed and mastered uh, by uh, Sycon, who does septic flesh stuff at Sound Abuse Productions. Is My Sorrow's Rage by Temer from Greece? Check it out. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.